Welcome to Psych in Reality with Dr. T and Dr. P. I'm Dr. T, a licensed clinical psychologist in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Dr. P, a professor of psychology in Ventura, California. Welcome and thank you for joining us. The purpose of this podcast is to bridge our love of all things psychology with our love of all things reality television. Welcome back to Psych and Reality with Dr. T and Dr. P. This is Dr. T. And this is Dr. P. And we're excited to share with you for another episode of 90 Day Beyonce Happily Ever After. So um, yes. I, I think we've been seeing this season sort of um, continue to <laughs> increase in intensity, I guess I would say, the last couple <laughs> yes. of weeks. So. Um, I'm looking forward to discussing this episode uh, with you today. Me too. So let's just so, uh, jump right in. Great. How about you take the lead? Who would you like to focus on? All right, perfect. So I'm going to talk about um, Andre and Libby. And I, it just sort of dawned on me a couple of weeks ago that I, I had refused to like pronounce his name the way that Libby does. <laughs> and then as I was looking um, up, I, I realized like the spelling of it, it's it's a different spelling than what I initially thought. And so I'm going to work on that pronunciation. Um, mm -hmm. But it was a really interesting segment uh, for them this last week because we saw them sort of traveling across country, working their way up to Maryland for this um, family reunion. And mm -hmm. they finally had the reunion, um, got a chance to meet um, Libby's side of, of her dad's family. And um, it started off sort of okay, but them just sort of interacting and things like that. And obviously, as I've sort of said before, it's almost like they can't go any type of event without getting into some type of argument. And mm -hmm. so um, Libby's sister decides to drop a bomb about the whole babysitter and the fact that, um, you know, is the babysitter working out? And we know that sort of Libby and Andre had disagreed about the uh, having a babysitter, you know, during the pandemic. He also didn't really feel comfortable having like a stranger um, in the home or whatever. Um, and so they got into an argument at the reunion and um, had some discussions. But what really bothered me was that, um, you know, I feel like her sisters are constantly trying to like throw Andre under the bus or cause some type of conflict or disagreement between them um, as a couple. And, and I'm really curious of what your thoughts are about that. Um, but I just, I just hope that, you know, we continue to see maybe Andre try to like compromise and have some discussions and be like adult about situations and to at least work through their disagreements and get on the same page about how to move forward. So I did, I did appreciate that they were able to say, hey, let's just sort of not have this discussion right now. Let's put it to the side and talk about it later, uh, which I thought was good. Um, on the other side, you know, I, I feel like, you know, it really was unfair of her to not have that discussion. Like, even if he had disagreed with her already, just to say, like, hey, 
I don't agree with you. I'm going to get the babysitter. I, I feel like the secrecy part is a little bit problematic. And obviously, mm-hmm. we'll see how that sort of turns out. Uh, but what are your thoughts about the fact that her sister sort of brought up this idea? Did you think that was like on purpose for her to try to cause something or she just sort of let it slip out that that Libby had the babysitter? I completely think that she did it on purpose because even when they had a little interview with her with the producers, she kind of gave a little smirk about it. And it, it seems like it was very intentional just just to um, get under Andre's skin, um, to bring it out. I think they knew it was a secret and it made no sense. The other thing that I noticed they did when Andre and Libby went out of the the room, the main room to go argue, they took themselves over. They Mm -hmm. knew that the two of them were arguing, but they decide the sisters decided I'm going to go ahead and basically put my nose into it. And they get into the argument as well. I I just think they're foul. Um, I think about my own sister and I, I, I don't think even if I was so angry at her, or she irritated me so much. I, I don't think I would throw her under the bus like uh, Libby's sisters did. You know, I, I just think that these are these are some spiteful individuals. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then we saw them, you know, go to this after party um, or whatever the gathering <laughs> at mm-hmm. um, at the house after they left the reunion, and. Um, Chuck goes upstairs and he has a conversation with Andre and uh, his other daughter's um, husband, which I can't recall his name right now. Um, mm-hmm. But he bring, Chuck brings up the idea about this property that he just purchased and decides to disclose like he wants to bring Andre in um, to sort of split the profits or whatever. And obviously, like this is going to, you know, <laughs> you know, be relayed back to Libby's sister um, after the husband sort of hears this information. Um, he's not. I expected him not to keep that private, I guess. Um, but again, like I continue to blame Chuck about how he is handling the situation, knowing the circumstances about his children and how they are viewing Andre um, in the situation. So obviously that escalates really quickly to them blaming Andre. Like you're, you know, um, their dad's been drinking. You're trying to like, you know, use him or whatever to sort of, you know, manipulate him is the language that they um, used. And so I just, again, continue to hope that they are able to get some clarity on the situation, that mm-hmm. Chuck is able to, you know, basically like put his foot down about sort of what he wants in terms of Andre's involvement in the company and that the kids will sort of accept that. I don't think they will, <laughs> um, but I hope that he's a little bit more conscious about how he's like communicating these things. And sometimes he he's really silent uh, when the issue comes up. Um, and they obviously continue to like blame Andre for like dictating this sort of conversation. Um, mm-hmm. And so I don't I think that this is going to be an ongoing source of conflict for them. The, the only thing that I continue to sort of be hopeful about is that um, Libby is being supportive and, and that she's not allowing that situation to like impact their relationship and their marriage, which I think could be really problematic. Yeah. Libby is definitely a ride or die kind of chick. I mean, I I think we've always seen that with her and her relationship with Andre that she, I mean, except for a couple of times when they've had arguments in general, she really is kind of like a a stand by your person kind of individual. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens. I think that um, at this point, it seems like Chuck is continuing to try to think about how th- this decision is impacting the family. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it'll be some time before we sort of see what the conclusion um, of that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Absolutely. So what uh, couple are are you discussing this week? So I wanted to talk a little bit about Angela and Michael. Um, so uh, we have the very first scene where Angela has gotten her friend, psychic Tracy, to give Michael a reading of which Angela was going to be a part of it. I think when I first saw this scene get set up, I immediately thought that this was not going to end well for Michael because we've seen psychic or seen and heard of psychic Tracy earlier. And it was clear that she has a relationship with Angela. So in my mind, she already knows what some of the issues are. She knows what Angela's perspectives are. So I automatically thought that this was not going to do well for, for Michael. And I was correct. Um, yeah. But before you go further, though, I'm like, do you really think that psychic Tracy is a psychic? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I could have done that. <laughs> I was no, like, I mean, I, I don't. I'm not generally like people that believe in psychics. Hey, go forward. Um, I don't know if they can read or not. But in this particular situation, I was like, this is not a psychic reading. Yeah, yeah. I believe some people do have the gift. I, I will say this. But I don't think Psychic Tracy is one of those people. Um, she she ends up, her first card that, that she pulls is literally about how Michael needs to pay more attention and make more time for Angela. Something we've heard Angela say consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that I was, I thought was really strange was that Angela, it, this was Michael's reading. And yet Angela kept giving input. She kept getting angry towards him. Like, yep, this, this is the way Michael is. This is how Michael treats me. And I, I felt that that if this, this was a true psychic reading, that that would be interrupting the flow somewhat um, to have all of this additional information. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the thing that continues to disturb me about Angela and Michael's relationship is she continues to degrade him. She talks about him as though he's someone that's worthless. All he does in life is eat, drink, and poop. That's it. He doesn't do anything, doesn't have anything valued. Um, And then she also, she brings up this kind of toxicity about their relationship where she's talking about how she wants a man to chase her if she walks away, which she walks away a lot and she threatens to walk away. She threatens to continuously leave. And she really wants someone who's going to say, no, 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 stay here, do this and engage in her, these kind of shenanigans that she has, which really is toxic and not appropriate for a healthy relationship. Um, And I, she's also just mad at him when he holds his own, that there are some times when He's he's been agitated back with her and never, at least from what we've seen, he has never responded to her at the same level that she reacts and responds to him. And insofar, like maybe he's done something like laugh at her, you know, when when she's gone on a little bit of a rant. And yeah, that's probably not the best thing to do when someone's mad. 
but overall it, it hasn't been as as negative and and I think fully disrespectful as Angela has been towards him. Um, right. Yeah. And the part too that really continues to bother me is that she is not willing to compromise at all. No. Like I feel like yeah. you can't have a healthy relationship or marriage without some level of compromise. You can't always get your way. And so yeah. I think you know, she, I don't know if I say she struggles, she refuses yeah. <laughs> to be flexible in any type of situation and to allow him to um, honor some aspects of his culture. I, I mean, I think definitely like the conversation between, you know, his culture as an African man and her being a, a American woman, like that deserves some level of conversation. Um, mm-hmm. But she refuses to acknowledge any part of that. And so I yeah. think that also continues to create a lot of friction in their relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it kind of, I, I don't know. I had a moment when I was watching this week when, you know, in general, in the history of Michael and Angela in this franchise, I've always thought that they did care about each other. But now I'm getting to a point where I'm kind of wondering, well, is Michael maybe staying with her for the benefits of coming to the States? And mm. that's why he's putting up with all of this to this level. Um, because we see him after the the psychic reading that he decides that it's not the time for him to himself or put his foot down. So he decides to go ahead and apologize to Angela over FaceTime or Zoom. And, and she ends up expecting accepting it, even though she, as soon as he called, already started going at him, but he ends up apologizing for not being there during her surgery, and then just apologizes for for everything, which she seems to, to accept for the time being. And we see that she really ends up accepting it uh, towards the end of the episode, where Angela is getting herself all sexied up for um, a little sexy uh, video call with Michael. And I will say this, I am very aware that there are people who had reactions to seeing Angela uh, (laughs) naked in a bathtub talking about her clitoris um, being on fire. Uh, I, I get it. But at the same time, you also have to appreciate that here we have this older woman when do we see this on television? An older woman that's not all plastic up like real housewives, just a normal looking woman who is just feeling herself. You know, we don't see those images. So I have to say that I was here for it. I I fully supported it. I don't know if I fully support this relationship, but I support that she really, you know, put herself out there and put her sexuality out there in a society and climate that that really tells us that older women or women who don't look a certain way shouldn't be very sexual. So I appreciate, yeah, I I really appreciated that. And we see that apparently Michael hasn't seen her, her new body since she's lost over 70 pounds. And since she's had the surgeries, including the breast surgery. And so she goes ahead and shows herself off and shows him her, her new boobs and, you know, Michael's response is, is fair. He's not too excited. It's not the way that he would like, but he let her know that he accepts it and that he'll get used to it. And that seems 
to suffice for Angela. In fact, uh, her perspective was if he was a little too excited, she would think it would be fake. So she mm. actually appreciates that he's supportive of it. And he gave an honest response. Um, so they end up looking a bit happier. It seems that, you know, all of the kind of the tumultuousness of their relationship for the past several weeks has settled down a bit and they're in a happy place. But the question is for how long, of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I, I do think that sort of going back to your point earlier, that it was um, good of TLC to uh, highlight body positivity and, and to allow them to like demonstrate that people do try to um, maintain some level of romance in their relationship when they are living apart. Um, I think for me, and it's just me personally, <laughs> I think mm-hmm. some of the explicit language is just a little bit much for me, but that's just me personally. Um, mm-hmm. and so, but otherwise, I, I thought that it was good that they were able to at least sort of try to to connect. Um, I just hope that they're able to to learn how to communicate better. Um, both of them, one for her to like be a little bit more restrained in terms of like her um, reactivity in situations, mm-hmm. and then for him to be a little bit more uh, like to speak up when he sort of has an opinion. Because at this point, and, and that may be um, difficult for her to adjust to, but I think at this point, like he's been so reluctant to like voice his opinion about things in that relationship that when he does do that, like there's a lot of pushback because it's not mm-hmm. what she is used to or is open to um, in terms of the dynamics of their relationship. And so I hope that they both can begin to maybe work on something a little bit. Yeah, I think you might be a little bit more hopeful than I am, but <laughs> I, I'm just trying to. I just got my psychologist hat on. I'm just saying, hey, these are some things that they could. Yes, believe I don't in know change. If yes, happen, but that's an entirely different question. <laughs> we shall see. So, who was your honorable mention for this week? So, my honorable mention uh, was Jovi and Yara, um, and okay. so we saw. Jovi recently get back um, home from from traveling for work and they are trying to enjoy um, some time together. And it is um, around the holiday season. And so Yara decides to prepare this uh, traditional um, meal and invite over um, uh, Jovi's mom and his cousins over for dinner and it's a lot of traditional food that they're not used to. And so they're a little bit hesitant about um, tasting and make some comments that are sort of borderline, like, I don't know, maybe a little bit insensitive. Um, I, I, I know that for me, it, as I sort of grew up as a kid, like we couldn't really use the language like something that's nasty because they're like, we don't like it or something like that. So maybe I'm just <laughs> like, I've been socialized um, about like, how do you respond when people have like offered you something that maybe you just, you know, it's not your thing. Um, mm-hmm. But they had this really enjoyable time. But Joby's parent, Joby's mom and his um, family had driven a nice little distance to come visit them because they lived, you know, far away. And Yara decided that, um, hey, we have a schedule, her and the baby. And so she <laughs> wanted them to leave, you know, I think about two hours after they had 
um, been at the house or whatever. And uh, her and Joby sort of had a, some differences of opinion about, you know, whether they needed to leave because the baby needed to go to sleep. And I think for me, this really just highlighted again that him being away and coming back and having to like adjust to this like new lifestyle as being like a parent and being a family unit is going to be an adjustment for him. And mm-hmm. so I, I feel like in that particular episode, it showed that. Um, he also was like, he didn't want to be the bad guy. So you already had to sort of break the news about them sort of leaving or whatever. Um, and he sort of, I think it's okay to like disagree, but I didn't like the fact that he was like, well, I don't agree with what you're saying, but hey, yeah, yeah. I have to listen to sort of my wife type of thing. I, I feel like he could have addressed that differently, um, at least for, you know, for his family. So that way, again, I feel like it's it's important for for couples to particularly when it comes to that kid like to be on the same page and so mm-hmm. I, I was a little bit disappointed in him with you know not not standing with her about the fact that okay you know I think if he I think he could have softened their frustrations about having to leave early if he would have sort of been more supportive of Yara but I don't know if yeah if I'm just maybe overstepping my thoughts about the whole the whole thing. No, I completely agree with you. And it, it was funny because when, <laughs> when, when Yara ended things, she actually reminds me of a couple of friends that I have. They know who they are and, and bless their hearts. They're wonderful people and they can be great um, hosts, but they'll say something like an event is from five to seven. And they really mean it is from five to seven. We start at five o'clock <laughs> and at seven, I expect you to leave. Now in my culture and the people like my family, you say something starts at five, people may be there around 6.30. You say it ends at seven, people might be lounging around till midnight. That's kind of like the times are suggestive, not actual. So I I guess I, I wasn't too mad at her, but I, I wish maybe she you know, they had had a conversation beforehand so that mm-hmm. his family could be prepped for for what that looks like. But I completely agree with you. I feel like even if you disagree with your partner, um, you you don't put them on blast in front of other people. Mm-hmm. Like like you said, you know, he could have softened the blow um, and said, you know, hey, you know, I'm sorry, we'll just get together another time. Um that could have been enough instead of kind of putting her, putting her on blast and making it, making it her fault. That's, you know, something is wrong with her, which is something I notice he does a lot. Like she's mm-hmm. the crazy mama. She mm-hmm. overreacts. It's, it's always like about comment. her. Yeah. yeah. I did not like it either. I, who, who is he to call her a crazy mama? He's not even here half the time. He has no idea what she does, you know? All right. So what is your, honorable mention for this week? So I would have to say it's Tiffany and Ronald. Um, they, it, there was two things interesting that happened. The first is that um, it's the day after their horrible dinner where they had an argument and Ronald ended up sleeping in another room. Um, 
And really what they start talking about is their different understandings and expectations around gender roles in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, With Ronald talking about it being much more conservative and it being more about uh, men in South Africa lead their women and Tiffany is not a woman that wants to be led. Um, he also, <laughs> he also shares a story about, and he, he said it with deep sincerity of, a uh, woman was created out of man's rib. So that means she's meant to be by his side. Uh, a woman wasn't created out of the bone of the skull. So a woman should not be on top of a man or mm-hmm. <laughs> something like that, you know, whatever analogy he used, but they do agree that there, there is some some gender role issues that they need to work out. And one of the questions I actually had for you around this was, what would you do when working with a heterosexual cis couple that have these big uh, differences in their understanding and expectations around gender roles in a relationship? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that was definitely something that came up for me as I was watching the episode. Mm -hmm. And I think I always tell couples, like, you have to do what's best for your relationship, not what mm-hmm. sort of the norms are, either for your family or for society or for your culture. Um, because if if you have that expectation that is consistent with um, sort of outside views about the relationship, and that's not working for your partner, then you're not going to have a healthy relationship. And so I think that is the challenge for them right now is to decide and get to place of identifying like what is going to work for them in terms of their contributions to the family. And what it seems like is Tiffany would want him to, to be more involved in some of the, the like caretaking and doing things around the house to help her and balance um, those roles. And he seems mm-hmm. to be like, that's not sort of what he sees as his role in the relationship. And so I think that is just um, going to continue to be sources of conflict for them if he if he's not going to be the partner that she wants. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and to be quite frank, the other thing that irritates me about this um, is the fact that, okay, so you believe in Ronald, you believe in these gender roles and these uh, strict adherence to these gender roles, but you're not financially taking care of your family. Isn't that a part of these gender roles? So that's what hates me is that you're not con- contributing she's carrying everything she's you know the so-called woman's role and the so-called man's role in this heterosexual relationship and you're complaining about you're complaining about her just being kind of too much about it so I never got that but the next thing I did not get is that Ronald ends up taking Tiffany to a car dealership because he has decided to start his own business as a handy person in um, South Africa, and he needs to invest in a truck. And Tiffany is bringing up exactly what I was thinking, which was you're about, at least we're planning on moving to the United States. So why start a business now? And also, do you think that that's good financial decision making? And Mm -hmm. she brings up the fact that she feels that he's been really erratic around uh, money and spending and not necessarily making great choices. And this is something that concerns her as it should. And then she ends up revealing to him that she actually went to a divorce attorney, which 
I, I think not only surprised him, but also broke his heart a little bit from, from his perspective. He sees that if someone goes to a divorce attorney, they might as well get a divorce. And why is he working on this relationship then if she is already planning on leave? So I think that we're going to see a lot coming up with Tiffany and Ronald, especially because Ronald has already talked about feeling like Tiffany continuously brings up that he's not meeting her at the level that she would like him to be at. And he, he feels bad about that. And he mm-hmm. feels like he's trying and, and wants uh, encouragement around it. But I think for him to hold on that she's actually gone to see an attorney, you know, I think this could be an opportunity for him to show something else if he leans into that. Or he just might go back into this idea of, well, she doesn't believe in me. She doesn't believe in this relationship. And I could definitely see this goes going south. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens to these two. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, I feel like all of the couples at this point, I just don't know how this is going to end. Um, mm-hmm. Besides Brandon and Julia, I think the all of the other couples, and maybe Jovi and Yara, but I feel like all of the couples at this point um, have some work to do and some decisions to be made about the um, outcome of their relationship in terms of moving forward together. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think it's going to be especially difficult when we look at the couples that have children together. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think that's a definite added layer to um, some folks feeling that they have to work things out, they have to try a bit harder, as it's not just the two of them that's going to be impacted. So I'll be curious to to see how that that pans out. But I, I definitely think that plays a role too, and kind of um, how much they will invest in their relationships. Right. Absolutely. Um, so let's get into the. Paige Turner, what are you looking forward to on the next episode? So I'm ready to see this thing uh, with Andre and Elizabeth continuing to blow up. Um, It looks like the next blow up includes the throwing of cake, which I don't understand why somebody wants to waste good cake by throwing (laughs) it at a person. (laughs) So I'm very curious to see what instigated that, but it seems like it it's probably the sisters getting agitated yet again. And there needs to be some end to this. I, I just can't see this kind of attitude towards Andre continuing, but I'm definitely looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. How about yourself? I think that I am looking forward to see what is going to be this outcome of um, Mike and Natalie. Um, mm-hmm. They've continued to have this like up and down passive aggressive relationship um, now he seems to be like he, I don't, he's a little bit more emotionally invested in the relationship. At least that's what is sort of being portrayed. Um, but we see where like he's sort of getting upset with Natalie about, um, you know, is she in or is she out of the relationship? And so I'm I'm really interested to see like how that all pans out. Um, because like we've seen Natalie be like, I don't know, a little bit immature in a lot of situations and mm-hmm. she feels like she's not getting her way or what she wants out of the relationship. She like just shuts down. Um, yeah. And so I'm really curious to see how this all is going to pan out with them. 
some good stuff coming up. Absolutely. Where thank you all for listening to another episode of Psych and Reality TV. See y'all soon. Thank you for listening to Psych and Reality with Dr. T and Dr. P. Give us your thoughts. Leave us a comment on Facebook or Apple iTunes. Be sure to like us on Facebook at Psych and Reality TV and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite platform. Thanks for sharing the episode and join us next time on Psych and Reality with Dr. T and Dr. P.